welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stott. This is the I Supernaturalist podcast show, the show that exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. That's why we're here. My name is Darren Stott. I'll be your host today. We're about to have a lot of fun. This is our second season. It's been about a year and a half since season one, um, but we got a great season coming up for you. This is our summer season where we're focusing on the topic of destiny. Make sure that you connect with us on Facebook. Facebook is a little website on the interweb where you can actually go and do stuff. Uh, We do have a website with Facebook. If you go and you like it, what it'll do is it'll immediately connect you with all the cool content that we're going to be posting. We have podcasts, we have blogs, and we have other stuff that we'll be posting on there. So make sure you go to the website. It's facebook.com forward slash iSupernaturalist. Hit enter, hit like, and you'll be good to go. The other thing is if you go to the iTunes store on iTunes and you do a search for iSupernaturalist, you'll see our podcast come up. If you hit subscribe, what that will do, it'll pull our content, our podcast, and automatically Download it onto your iPhone or your laptop or whatever device you use uh, for your podcast. It'll automatically download it so you don't have to do anything. You wake up in the morning, you turn it on, and there we are with some incredible content um, ready, already loaded up and ready to go. All you have to do is press play and engage. So, (laughs) with all that being said, this is our season two. We're focusing on the subject of destiny, which is appropriate since it's being recorded live in front of a bunch of awesome radical students from Destiny International School of Ministry, which is a ministry of Jake's House Church located in Arlington, Washington. These students, these students, these students are studious. They are awesome and uh, they are very engaging. This is a uh, uh, an interview um, that I do with four people. Um, la- uh, I'm sure you heard the last episode when I interviewed Matt Young on leadership and how to be an emerging uh, efficient leader. On um, today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing the amazing Rebecca Revisto on the subject of how to see your dreams become a reality. And so that's kind of where I'm going with uh, Rebecca today. We're going to dive into all kinds of cool stuff. Rebecca uh, owns her own business. She's a CEO of a company called My Loving Nanny. I'll put the website on the show notes so that you can connect with her business and learn more about what she's doing. She has her degree in business. She is a full-time mother. She's a full-time wife. Um, She is kind of like a entrepreneur when it comes to home groups because she loves community. So she's always launching new home groups and handing them over. Um, She's very community minded, business minded, uh, savvy, passionate, such an honor uh, to have a relationship with Rebecca. And so you are in for a real treat today um, as we jump into the subject of how to see your dreams become a reality. So without further ado, here we go. Let's jump right into this. Cool 
software artists. Well, um, so anyways, thank you, Rebecca, for um, for that for that awesome thank session. You. I hope you guys found it uh, practical and challenging. Um, so I'm just gonna kind of uh, ask Rebecca some questions, and then of course this is like an open forum, so you guys just go ahead and. Uh, chime in at any time with any of your guys' questions because that's what makes the conversation awesome is when a conversation begins to spawn into like mm -hmm. when a question turns into a conversation mm -hmm. I think that's when that when, that's where the magic is um, to get us started I just want to read to you guys um, a Steve Jobs quote um, because Steve Jobs was the man when it comes to innovation and really taking a dream and seeing it implemented into becoming a reality so, Mr. Jobs said, life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. The minute that you understand that, you can begin to poke life, you, you can begin to change it, you can mold it. That's maybe the most important thing. Um, so oftentimes, we have a series of defeater beliefs or lies that keep us in a mold and keep us predictable, um, you know, and keep us basically performing, um, performing at school, performing for a manager, for a boss. And so we never are given freedom to really be able to be creative or to begin to create. And so um, one of my hopes for this, for this class, was the first year and the second year, is to instigate um, a longing for change within you guys that when you see stuff, you, you, you are always thinking, how could we change it and make it better? Instead of just saying, I'm young, I have to accept it the way it is. You guys should leave destiny school better than how you found it. Yeah. Like yeah. it should be getting better. Not because the leaders are having to be creative. Mm -hmm. Destiny uh, International School of Ministry should be should be getting better because of the creative students that are in the school yeah. that are not giving anonymous feedback, which is pointless. Never give anonymous feedback. Feedback should always have a face. Mm -hmm. um, and so you should be giving feedback and it shouldn't be criticism. It should be solutions. Um, you guys are the change agents at DI. Mm -hmm. And so if something sucks, it's not because of the leadership. Now nah, it is, ah, it is, yeah, let's just face yeah. it, right? Um, but oftentimes there needs to be a culture created where, where the feedback can be implemented and where, where people take responsibility for where they're at. And one of the things I love about Pastor Jeshu and Jody and Pastor Keith Kippen and, and Julia and all the all the leaders and you guys is that they're always listening, they're always learning, and they're always improving. And so you guys are at a culture where it's not stuck. You know, things are always changing. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I love that about you guys. But you need to be challenged. I want to instigate that within you, that you are thinking wherever you're at, whatever your context of ministry or life is, that you're always thinking, because I'm here, I'm going to leave it better than how I found it. We think that when it comes to campsites, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Why not start thinking that way with things that actually matter? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyways, thanks. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I, I can, can see your... Yeah, yeah, if I can just add to that, just as another food for thought you know because I wouldn't be so quick personally to say like oh it's the leadership because you know the reality is, is it for sure but 
you know, to challenge you with thinking that it's also that God's placed something uniquely in you. It's actually Darren has recently in sermons been saying, if you're passionate about something or see an issue or, or something that God's highlighting to you, that you can't assume that everyone sees that. And so it's the same with when you have creative solutions for DI to know that even though there might be the tension, there, there may be the pushback, there may be the like totally shutting it down, but just know that God has placed uh, creativity in you. He has created insight and and he's given you unique um, insight, I guess I can say, to what this school needs. And so, um, you know, just own that, that maybe no one else is ever going to get this revelation. And so to steward it well. So. Yeah, that is good. That's really good. Good word, Rebecca. <laughs> yes, All right. Yes, We're having fun. All right. So let's just jump in. So, um, Rebecca, when it comes to dreaming, um, who is the most inspirational Bible character to you and why? I was trying to think about that. I have to, I think, default to Moses. Okay. Um, Moses has been dear to my life. I think um, he's so inspirational just because of his, you know, through everything that he endured, he still was faithful. And um, I really think that God, um, as you know, one of the first stories of God revealing himself to uh, humans, that in a way that we could relate, um, I just, I, I don't know, I just think that he was someone who took a bold step that maybe led people wrong in a wrong way, you know, that took instead of 11 days, 40 years. Um, so there's a lot of criticism that you could have, but I think that more than anything, especially with dreams, that it's so important to just go after it. And there's such a hard, hard boundary to overcome when you're pursuing dreams that, you know, the Israelites all wanted to go back and they're like, we should just die here. And he was someone like he was the reason that they were able to come in to the, the promised land. And so I just, it's so inspirational to me because I just think that there is such a, there is a heaviness um, that God has placed with the dream, but it's not a heaviness that is going to defeat you. But it, it is something that you, like I said, there is a cost for not pursuing the dream. And so I just think Moses is a really great example and very motivating to see the cost in pursuing what God has for us, but the greatness if we will answer the call. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great answer. And isn't Moses an interesting character? Because imagine being Moses, imagine being that middleman, mm -hmm. right? Like having to report to God himself, who has a very, right? Like, by the way, God has kind of a high standard, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And then so on one hand, you're reporting to God himself. And then on the other hand, you, um, you're responsible for a, for a people with a very low standard mm -hmm. or no standard, mm -hmm. right? Like these guys didn't even have the, 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 the commandments yet, the, the tablets, they didn't even have the law yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he has to, he has to be the middleman between the perfect one and mm -hmm. oh my gosh, and yeah. people that have no concept of, and then having to lead in that tension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hard. That's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, that's, I love Moses. I just, I, I thought it was cool that you said Moses, because I love, I love Moses, how it says in the Bible, at 120, his eyes weren't dim, and mm -hmm. uh, reading a book by Tim Hall, and he, he used that as an example, it's like he was, he was consumed with purpose and vision, and it's like, that's why he was never tired, never weak, like him and Caleb both, out of all these people who were just wandering, their passion never died, because they had a dream, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love it. That's awesome. That is really good. 
All right. Um, so disappointment, right? So disappointment has a way of uh, at least stealing our, our passion, but really, it, if it's left unresolved, it can really like kill our dreams, mm-hmm. you know. And I think everyone here has faced disappointment, you know. Um, can you share with us um, a disappointment that you perhaps faced in your life where it threatened your, um, where 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 it was aimed to steal your passion, but really to assassinate the dreams of God within you? Mm-hmm. And how did you deal with that? How did you press through that? I think my best example, because it's the worst one, um, is me in pursuit of being married. Um, I got married when I was 29. My dream when I was younger was that I was going to be married by the time I was 19, have my children by the time I was 21, and be this cool hip mom. So when mm-hmm. I was like 23, 27, you know, and not married, and, and no guy on the radar, so I was trying to make every guy that person because I was like, well, it has to be a supernatural thing because naturally it's not happening. Um, you know, unf- my testimony is like, unfortunately, it was right when I was um, becoming the youth pastor here, and that's a, a pivotal point of, of me meeting my husband. Um, I I had just given up. I was like, clearly, I'm delusional. Everyone was just like, Rebecca, you have such high standards. I'm like, I just want a Christian guy. And I was like, apparently, that's a high standard. Like, And, and granted, I did say, I was like, you know, a Christian guy that could handle SRC. So, you know, even before I was here, SRC was on my radar from a guy perspective. So I was like, no, we're not that. Well, but I mean, you know, so, no, from the point of view of like, you know, someone who really lives. A Christian guy. Yeah, easy. A Christian guy. That can handle SRC. Ah! <laughs> well, you know, like I mean, I I want to be able to confidently raise my hands and sing passionately, and if I want to grab a flag, grab a flag, or if I want to, you float, know, like I, yeah, I exactly. Yeah, right. So and have someone okay with that and not be totally weirded out. So you know, anyways. So um, yeah, I, I got to a point. It was like it was the beginning of January, and I was offered this position by February. I think it was like the twelfth or something. So it was a the darkest time of my life where I was just like forget it like I just know that this is never ever ever going to happen and I just kind of like rid myself of all hope all trust all um even just like my Christian convictions and I was just like forget it and I was hanging with this guy that was physically abusive and so like not only was like my heart and my life in a place where um, like spiritually that I was lost even my life I was just seeing how my life was just getting out of control and so it, it's only and so what I had to say about dreams and losing your hope because it really is I think when you want something so bad and you don't see any light I mean it literally is to the death of you if nothing else spiritually and I just would want to encourage everyone to know, like, God is so faithful and he is so good. And yes, he does wait to the last possible second, it seems at times. But at the same time, like, I mean, I have the most amazing husband ever. And originally he was in the picture and I totally, you know, was not interested at all. I, not that you would know this, but I come from a mixed background. My, my mom's Italian and black. And so I was like, I'm going to marry, I'm not marrying a, a white guy. 
and I'm married to a white guy. So I was like, just that alone. That's what she told me. Yeah. When, 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 I, when I was chatting her, with, yeah, she goes, just so you know, I'm not going to be marrying a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> but Anthony, Anthony is... He's is, so cultural. Yeah, he's, I mean... He's kind of He's not guy. really white, he's like, is yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, he's white, but he's, he's not really. He's not white at Yeah, not yeah. at all. And the best thing is, like, he has so many cultures in his heart. And, like, we got married, and there was... He had eight people, I think, on his side, and one was white. There was Samoan, there was black, there was Cambodian. And I was like, oh, my gosh, God. Like, I mean, I truly couldn't have married a better person. And the fact that, like, he pursued me... I, and I told him, like, for the rest of my life, I will be humble to be your wife. And I was like, because I shouldn't be married to you. My choice was no. And it was God that had to come in and change my heart because my, because I still desired, you know, my greatest dream was to have a husband. And so God had to allow it to die in me so that I could have the dream. But it's kind of like what I was saying. It's like, I want to be the president of the United States. That was my dream, but it wasn't. My, my dream is from a husband perspective, like I wanted a husband, but I thought I knew what it looked like. And so if I could also say with your dreams, like, you know, run after what it is that you see, but also hold it open. Like there's, yeah. I was told growing up, like hold yeah. your dreams like this and you'll feel it go like this, but always hold it open because God will give you the desires of your heart. I can mm -hmm. promise you that, but it may not look like what you thought it would, mm -hmm. but it will be more than you could ever desire it to be. So good. Yeah, that's really good. And also almost everyone here is, uh, Single, with, with the exception of Julia. No, um, no, I'm right. Oh, yeah, and I knew that, Rachel. Sorry. Um, but I, the majority here, you guys are single, and I think this ties in with, you know, just the whole ha yeah. Habakkuk 2 thing. Yes. Where the vision is yet for the appointed time. Well, think of, think of that for your marriage, for your partner, that the Lord... Um, is preparing someone for you yes. Yes. actually right now yes and the lord is actually preparing you for someone right now yeah, yeah. um you say i don't really know if i believe that i don't care <laughs> it's true <laughs> it is true. and um and it's really really important that you know that there's an appointed time for you know so not to overthink it and not to overanalyze the outcomes and all these things, but to really passionately pursue Jesus and the vision that he's framing up within you right now mm -hmm. and go at it, right? Mm -hmm. Just, and because um, when you are pursuing your dream and you're pursuing your passion, um, that's actually gonna add to how attractive you are. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Versus versus the person that like, you know, like, you know, it's just completely miserable because they haven't found the, you know, the one yet. I mean, yeah. um, so don't chase after the unicorn Unicorn. Yeah. Don't be miserable because you haven't met the mystical unicorn that's somewhere out there. You know, chase after Jesus and the vision that He's framed up within you, and you and, and the Lord will bring alongside of you a dreamer. You know, yeah. a, someone who's passionate, someone, um, someone that's attractive to the passion and the energy and the vitality that's within you. That's really, that's really what you want. And the Lord's gonna, you know, that desire to be married. Guess who put that there? Yeah. You know, yeah. Jesus. And so He didn't create you so He can tease you and frustrate you for the rest of your life. You know, um, and He's not punishing you. Like if yeah. you haven't met the unicorn yet, right. that's not God punishing you. Right. Um, don't worry, there's a unicorn there, for yeah. you, but. Um, <laughs> You're not going to catch it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's going to come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not. Yeah. That's the name of my new book. Yeah, catch the unicorn. Like, is it really? Yeah. Amazing. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should make one. It's a dating book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I'll 
Maybe I'll do like a little yeah. ten-page ebook called okay. Catch the Unicorn. unicorn. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, I'll write that one down. Yes. We'll make a smart goal yeah. for it. Yeah. Awesome. There's a button. No, seriously, I'm going to hold on. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you just did this this dream culture class with I think like six people. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And um, and they're all older than you from from a variety of backgrounds, right? Yes. Um, and then you've been through it. Your husband's been through it. Um, I'm going to ask you what are the three most common lies mm -hmm. that people believe um, that keep them from achieving their dreams. Okay, so the biggest one, which is why I kind of asked, is permission to dream. And, and I realize it's kind of a generational thing, too, because, you know, my parents' age, they really had to sacrifice everything to cater to, you know, the apostolic person or, you know, the biggest personality, if I can say it like that, yeah. or or even just, like, to God, you know, just being like, none of this matters. So just giving permission to dream was huge. And, and actually, there was a lot of pushback of just, like, it was so hard to allow allow their mindset to be broken from that. So it was really empowering to just see them, just even from a scripture perspective, So, because I'm like, well, I can't convince you, but I mean, scripture is there and, and you love the Lord. And so he'll make that clear. I think another is value. Um, so when, I, for myself even, when I shared the story with my students about the ring, um, one of my students asked and he's like, you know, why, why was that dream so important to you? And I actually broke down into tears and I said, because more than anything, I realized that my dreams are important and that they're valuable and that they're worth going after. And I think that for all of them, and it was, you could see so many times people trying to pull away from the dreams that they wanted to be practical, especially because of their age, you know, of like, oh, well, you know, I need to, and I'm like, oh, but no, like, Yes, you need to be responsible people, but at the same time, like God really does. I, I mean, I really believe like if you're still here, it's because there are dreams that mm -hmm. God needs you to fulfill and yeah. um, there's a purpose. And so I think to just um, see people really value who they are and their purpose and the, the plans of, of being here. Um, I think then the third one <laughs> probably was actually just um, the so to speak, muscle of dreaming, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. to actually um, be disciplined to allow yourself to to dream. Because, I mean, really, if we are true believers that we are from the kingdom of God and that we are sons and daughters of, of the creator, our hundred list should never end. You know, like it, we should. And like I said, I have to catch my breath because I've had all these dreams come to fruition. But I know that that's also a really dangerous spot because I could get really content to being like, sweet, these dreams have happened. I don't need to dream anymore and just like live my life, you know. But that's not like God doesn't want that to happen. He wants us to think greater and, and, and bigger and um, be more influential and to empower other people around us. And so I, I would say those are the three is uh, just permission to dream, valuing yourself to, to pursue dreams, and then just even owning the dreams that you have inside and putting them down. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, so there's a quote by, and this is funny because anyways, there's a quote by Oprah Winfrey, and she said that she believes that every person, every human has a calling mm -hmm. that is as unique as their fingerprint. 
<laughs> and so, I mean, I wish that would have yes. come from Joel Osteen, of you know. Of course, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And what's incredible about that is if you think about that and if you say that you believe that, that your calling is as unique as your fingerprint, then when you look at your vision or your dream, you look at that thing that you want to do, if that's going to be as unique to you as your fingerprint, then there should be nobody else on the face of the earth that can actually do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a lot recently, like especially when it comes to just my, because I because teaching is kind of a regular part of my my job. So just t- um, preaching on a Sunday morning will just is part of my job description, so I have to do it. Um, <laughs> I'd rather no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. That's the fun part, right? Like that's the fun part. Uh, um, but I should be preaching in such a way where there's nobody on the face of the earth that can preach the way that I preach. Yeah. If that's if that's if that's part of my part, you know, part of my calling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so I need to look at what what how am I wired, right? Hopefully, I'm creative. There's this, uh, hopefully, you know, a sense of humor, mm-hmm. even if I'm the one that appreciates it um, <laughs> or thinks it's funny, right? Um, uh, a value for um, just kind of clever principles, you know, that's practical, you know. So if I take in all these different things, all these different factors that makes me unique, and then I hold myself accountable for, for my vision, making sure that what I'm doing isn't just, because God is not, he's not a Xerox God, right? Like mm-hmm. um, God just does, doesn't just take a pastor somewhere and put him in a Xerox machine and start making a bunch of clones of that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people do that all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like people see like a model of something and, hey, that worked for Bethel, let's do it here, right. you know? And it doesn't work, and they're yeah. like, why, right? Yeah. And so I would just really challenge you, like when it comes to what you're framing up as, as, as far as what, what, like your dream, how is it going to be different through you? Like how is, how is your, how is your dream going to be? And I just watched this, um, this, uh, this little short documentary last night on iTunes about this gal that wants to start a business, a yoga studio. Mm-hmm. And so th- these, um, consultants came in, um, to take a class with her and they were like, no offense, but this is no different than any other yoga class that we've been to. Right. Like it's the same as every, mm-hmm. so why would we want to help you, you right. know? And so then they started interviewing the students and they found out that one of the things that she does is she loves to dance. She loves disco music. Mm-hmm. Um, she, loves music she loves all this stuff that makes her unique so they said let's incorporate all the things that make you unique so let's incorporate a disco ball let's let's incorporate disco music let's incorporate dance and let instead of doing your traditional yoga studio let's do yoga dance parties hmm. cost ten dollars to attend you know, you have two days to set up your guest list. So they just took all the things that made her unique, plugged it in, and everybody loved it because it was so different than anything mm-hmm. that they'd ever experienced sure. before. So I just really challenge you guys that as you're th- that as you're as you think of yourself, like if, if you think of yourself as a preacher, don't visualize a merger between you and Benny Perez. Don't don't yeah. don't go there. Think yeah. of yourself through your own 
you know, through your own filters and abilities, don't Photoshop yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if I can just say too, like that's where the whole, you know, I put up there, align yourself with heaven because it's so worldly, even from a Christian perspective to do that. It's like, oh, I want to be like Darren Starr or oh, I want to be like Benny Perez or oh, I want to, you know, whatever. And I mean, they are people to be admired, you know, and there are people to see, like for me, when I was a youth pastor here, everyone's like, you know, how is that? And I was like, more than anything, it was, I was given permission, permission to be myself, permission to think how I think, permission to do, you know, like I just felt like God just really highlighting that for me. So, I mean, it's great to look at someone and be like, wow, I share that or, you know, that's something that I hide in myself. So that's why Darren's attractive to me to be like, you know, is because I want to really have that come alive in me. So I think that's healthy, you know, to want to be like someone because it is something that is actually an attribute of yourself, mm-hmm. but to to really allow yourself to just align yourself with heaven and be like, hey, you know, to use even like the fingerprint and we're all uniquely designed or, or the strength finders. Like there are certain um, elements that God has placed in you alone. And so it's a disservice to be like, okay, I'm going to have all of these die because, you know, I'm maybe not as funny as Darren, but because, you know, Darren attracts so many people, I need to be more like that. And so you forge yourself into something that you aren't. And so I think yeah. that just to emphasize what Darren is saying that, you know, God really allows us to see who we are, to see the reflection of how he's created us so that we can own it and be proud of it instead of pick it apart like women know really well you know to just pick everything apart and that's so worldly and we're called to display what the kingdom looks like so it's really awesome good stuff all right okay are you still having fun yeah i am okay good are you you guys still having fun yes Mm -hmm. awesome do you have any questions because i know yeah feel free to jump in i don't think you guys are interrupting enough it's kind of (laughs) offensive (laughs) (laughs) was this helpful for you guys yeah 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 Brian, what do you think is the best way to, um, for people that are kind of more looking along the lines of like ministry Mm -hmm. and where they have to like raise money, uh, what do you think are the best uh, avenues of pursuing that? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I, so I think the first thing that comes to my mind, um, though I'm totally, you know, shooting in the dark here, so bear with me, is I think it's so important to understand, like Darren says, follow your favor. Also, understand what you you do well. You know, like if you try to be good at everything, you can't be great at anything. And so I think when it comes to pursuing, even having people, uh, there's a... Um, a YWAM book, at least YWAM is used it of like, um, I can't remember what it's called, but something about friends and investing into you and basically like inviting people into to invest into you. And so I think your approach of uh, like you should just change how you see it. It's like it's not that they're supporting me monthly. It's that they are someone who can go into Brazil 
or else they would be going themselves. And so if they have a heart for Brazil, if they have a heart to see the missions happen, that they want to invest into you because God's called you to do this. And he hasn't called them into it, but they desire so much to see the nations changed. And so to invite them to, to participate in that through you. And so, you know, like I say, uh, you know, following your favor and or things that you're good at. So whether it's, you know, you write newsletters really well or you do presentations really well or you network really well to use all those things to really invite people into a place and and not don't be afraid to ask because there's so much money. Like I think of the Super Bowl and how much money people pour into it. And I'm like, people spent, I heard on the radio, like someone spent for four days, $20,000 to rent out a place down in Phoenix. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, if we spent this money on the kingdom, I'm like, there's so much money, you know? And my sister's a really great example because she can struggle monthly, but then get huge donations as well, you know? So she stays afloat, but you know, I look at that and I'm like, hey, God, I, like, help me understand this, you know? But she, she's just so, like, just allow people to see what God has placed in you and and to show them, like it says, the scripture was, is like, it, write out a vision so that men that see it can run after it. And an element of running after that is putting money where your feet are mm-hmm. so that you can carry out the vision and the plan that God has called you to. So I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, that's really That was a shot. That was really good. (laughs) Yeah, and I I think the other thing that's really important with with raising money is um, that... that as a, I think I think ministers are starting starting to think differently mm. as far as as far as just money and, and people and all these different things. But I, I would become a um, a content creator, um, and then I would start giving it all away for free. Um, uh, I would start creating stuff with value that contains your DNA and your message and your ministry and just start getting it out for free and being accountable for um, for sharing how you're wired and how you're minute so that people get to see Brian the missionary before you've even went to the mission mm-hmm. field and yeah. people are building a, a real strong relationship with you even if they don't know you uh, and some of the social platforms we have now allow us to do that really well you know s- such as you know Facebook you know but I think it's kind of like if you're a true minister you should be bringing value mm-hmm. yeah. to something I mean that I mean I mean there's so many gold nuggets actual literal golden nuggets in the scripture where a minister is able to take a, a, a nugget and then present it in a new and fresh way where it's applicable to anybody mm-hmm. Christian or, un, un, or, or, or unbeliever mm-hmm. you know and then um, so I would start I would start really creating um, that uh, that ministry model now instead of waiting till all, all the time we're like no I have to wait till I'm yeah, on the mission yeah, field before yeah. I start you know getting support or before I start building that web page or like I would really encourage you that it would start now and that you start creating content like why does why should you care about missions you know that should be a 500 word um, article you know or it should be maybe a, a blog series. Here are 10 reasons why you should care about missions. And each week, a 500-word article comes out, you know. And what that's doing is that's allowing for us to hear your heart. We get to learn why you're passionate about missions. And you're challenging us to be passionate about missions. And within three points in that, in that blog, every blog has three points where there's an opportunity to fill out a pledge card to begin supporting you at either $5, 10 or $15 a month. 
right? Like that's all you're asking for. I mean, because it's a starting point, you know, and you're starting to build that that relationship, you know. And then the other thing is, I think we need to be way more. Um, we, we need to start looking for money outside of the church, mm-hmm. like Rebecca was talking about, because there's a lot of businesses. Yeah. I mean, that's the new hip thing right yeah. now is um, is business that's making a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. Tom's shoes really like yeah. really started to turn something sure. ar- around with them. So, I mean, every I mean, um, finally, the marketplace is giving more money mm-hmm. to like to to aid within the, within the world and even the church. And so right. I would really frame up what it is, what kind of dif- difference you want to make in the nations where it's something um, tangible, it's a project, it's something that you could actually pitch to unbelievers within the marketplace right. where they could partner with, with, with Brian so that um, on a wall within the teriyaki restaurant, people will be able to come in and see pictures of the, because you bought a teriyaki bowl here, there's a well going here Mm -hmm. and that is and that's awesome and and businesses want to be a part Mm -hmm. of that and well and uh, you know that's amazing because I've tried to challenge my husband around grants because he was doing nonprofit youth work but it's Christian and so there's a lot of stipulation around corporate funding but you know, I had um, a friend that was doing, I worked, I volunteered in the detention center and he had, a, you know, he was a Christian and he was implementing Christian principles into these kids, but he had a small niche that he could present to um, this grant program and say, you know, I'm reaching these eight kids in the midst of his like 40 that he had. And so therefore he was able to pay his year, like he had a, a $60,000 a year salary that he got from it plus program money. and he was able to get it because he was able to take something from it and you aren't manipulating it you're using their um their requirements but kind of like what Darren's saying it's like you know you're building wells but because you're going in and preaching the gospel but you're also meeting practical needs and so they don't necessarily need to know all of that because that might give them an excuse to step back from it but to what you do from like a, a marketing perspective is you you have your target audience and then you find out who they are so that you can speak to what they want to hear yeah. specifically because yeah. if I come in and talk to you about Jesus and you really wanted to know about how to make apple pudding mm-hmm. that's not even something that exists interesting but, you know like, yeah, the first thing that came to my mind but, yeah apple pudding um, interesting awesome. <laughs> yeah wow talk to us Rebecca so, go there go there so you know like you well I'm just trying to say yeah. like that is really yeah. powerful and I do totally agree that there I mean because even corporations have employee sponsorships where Microsoft, for example, will do three times the amount. So an employee can donate $10,000 to whatever they choose. So they have to submit something if it's not already on their portal. Then they will match it times two. Belinda Gates is times three. So you can get from Microsoft $30,000 because someone donated 10. Or you could go to Bill and Melinda Gates and you can get $40,000 because they donated 10 to what you are doing. And so just to emphasize, like there is there is so much money and people want to give it to, you know, it has to be nonprofit, but to look at ways to have, and you know, maybe you have two nonprofits, one that goes after this and you have that, and then, you know, the other one because you want to be in YWAM, you know, like, I mean, I there are so many ways to be able to get the money into kingdom purposes, even though the world's trying to put us in a box. 
And the last thing that I would say really quick, just regarding fundraising, is the importance of doing really cool events. And I don't mean, oftentimes when we think of events, we think of like conference centers or churches, but I just mean at, at, at somebody's house, you know, um, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, where you, where you find somebody that you know that just has a cool house. You find that someone that you love that loves to cook. You find someone that you know that loves to put together a PowerPoints and they're a graphic designer. And you, you start to use all your friends and family to collaborate on doing a really cool event. And your only job is to take the last five minutes for the ask. Yeah. And the ask would, is, hey, at every seat I've left a commitment card and I'm trying to raise funds um, because I don't want to wait till I'm out in the nations to begin raising funds. Mm-hmm. I want to start um, raising my base right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, my goal tonight is to raise, you know, enough, you know, uh, I think you told us, was it thousand dollars a month? Mm-hmm. And so my goal is tonight from this dinner that I will have raised a thousand dollars a month from supporters here. Um, and the break, the breakdown of that is, you know, per seat that comes out to be, you know, this much, mm-hmm. you know, so would you pray and consider that if you can do more, that's awesome. If you can, if you only, if all you can do is 25 bucks a month, that's awesome. But you know, this is the goal. This is the ask, you know, mm-hmm. and no pressure. I love you. Thanks for being here. Kind of the thing, you know, mm-hmm. but you could do one event and raise a, a year support, sure. you know, and then you're done, <laughs> you know, until you visit the States the next year to, mm-hmm. to, to do your next event. You follow up with your existing supporters and then you do a second dinner to get your, your, your $2,000, you know. And my challenge in that, that's fantastic. Uh, my sister does that. And I think it's so important to break down what, like, say you're expecting 50 guests. If you all gave today, you would only need to give $20 and I would have enough for my year, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I would challenge you with, because again, I, I'm sorry, it's my sister a lot, but we have this conversation all the time. Do not go after your minimum. And I don't know where $1,000 lies within, like, I know why when we have to have a specific amount. But, you know, just just challenge God, you know? Just be like, I know people who do ministry here with Crew, Campus Crusade. He brings in $6,500 a month just from, like, a few supporters in Spokane area, Eastern Washington. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't even go and get a job and and make that much money, you know? So don't limit God at all, you know, in the midst of that. And I know it's so hard for Christians to wrap their mind around the financial element of it. But, you know, no, be responsible and know what you need to have. But, um, we can ask for surplus. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because your budget needs, you know, you guys have budgeting classes at DI, so we don't need to speak into that. But yeah, absolutely. You'll probably need more than a thousand a month, you know. Yeah. Or even to bless other people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, Warren Buffett just spoke at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm -hmm. My mom was there. He has a cash pocket. Have you heard about this? Mm -hmm. So because they give millions of dollars away to charities, they never get to actually see where their money is really going with the exception of annual reports. So him and his wife started doing a cash pocket and I believe their budget is, don't quote me on this, $1,000 a month. So they take, they take every week they have cash in their pocket Mm -hmm. and that's just to help people out. Wow. And um, they don't have to use the cash. They can, they can use their credit card. Like, so if they're like, um, you know, they might be getting their car worked on or something, or I don't know. And like, and somebody 
is like, how much is it going to cost? They'll be like, oh, we'll just pay for it. Right. You know, so it's it's money that they don't get a write-off on. Right. It's not trackable. It's There's no benefit in it for them except for just to bless somebody. And so I believe Bill and Melinda Gates are doing that now. I believe the Buffets are doing it now. But it's just like That's super wealthy amazing. people that want to use their wealth to make a difference mm-hmm. and, and just to be generous. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's so incredible. Well, even like the Pacific Northwest, the Seattle area specifically, so many philanthropists, oh like so much money here. And they really, like the best part about being from here is that they really do desire to see their money help people. And mm-hmm. so, again, you know, you might... I don't know what it would look like of not necessarily leaving out Jesus, but showing them an element of of Jesus being delivered to places, you know, something that they want to get behind. But I just think that, you know, so many people want um, to, yeah, like just to the point, like you can hear just in their spirits how desperately they want to help people that they can go off the books because they just want to feel good about seeing how much need there is and how much abundance that they have. Like, think about our Father in Heaven. Like, they are obviously portraying who our Father is yeah. without even knowing it. And he's like, I have so much to give that I just, like, please, like, I don't even care if you can see where it's coming from and holding me accountable to that. Like, I just take it, you know? And seeing that what that looks like you know i know there's times people pray and cry out to the lord of like just you know pay my bill for this month i understand that but there has to be a place that we can get to where we see the kingdom happening from kingdom people instead of from worldly people yeah so good rebecca so good so good so good so good bill um so there's a great book called Dream Culture, Andy Mason. And then you were also talking about dream culture, like curriculum, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, leaders are readers, you know, so yeah. just start reading. And then also um, just pretend like you guys are little experts on this topic. Yes. Like just pretend like you're a life coach and begin challenging people around you that aren't even in DI, you know, just just friends of yours and just begin having that conversation. What's your dream? Yeah. You know, and what's keeping you, you know, and yeah. and um, just start having this conversation because it's a lot of fun and you'll you'll see people just start to light up, mm-hmm. you know, you know, without vision, people perish. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's so many people um, uh, that it's like they have vision, but they're just always killing it, always right. whacking it down because, you know, or they're not asked. Like I talked to my husband's soon to be old boss last night and there was a guy that's worked for YC Youth for Christ for years. And he, for the first time this week was asked, what are your dreams for Youth for Christ? And he's like, I've never, ever been asked that. Mm-hmm. And so just the power of asking people, like, what are you dreaming about? Yeah. Like, it's so powerful. Yeah. I'm having that conversation with my staff right now, um, doing staff reviews, which is a new thing. Right. Um, and that's the last question is, you know, what are you, what are you dreaming about right now? Right. You know, because that tells me a lot. Sure, you absolutely. Know? And um, so, yeah, it's such a powerful question. Well, thanks so much for being yeah, here, Rebecca. Nice. I hope you guys have found this uh, helpful, helpful, practical 
challenging. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. yeah. Can I just pray? Absolutely. Everyone? That'd okay. be great. Jesus, thank you so much for this group. Lord, they just, uh, I can just feel their, the hunger and the passion, God, to just um, be good stewards of what you've placed in them. And so I just pray, Lord, that you seal everything that um, they've learned from you today um, and everything that they're learning in the last two years and then going into more schooling, if they are finishing, God, that they would just um, they would just know how different they are uh, from everyone else around them, but that you set them apart to help call people into the depths that of, of who you've created each and every one of us to be. And so I just pray, Lord, that they remember um, the truth about your angels working on behalf of them, that they... Um, that they have a specific mandate to carry out that no one else can, that they have been uniquely created and that they can ask you, Lord, for anything and that you will provide it. God, give them the discernment that they need to, whether through the obstacles and the setbacks, God, that, that they will face as they pursue what you've called them to. But Lord, thank you for your Bible um, and your word and, and just the examples that you've given us um, to show that, Lord, no matter what it looks like, how messy it is, how wrong it is, God, that you will ensure that um, they walk out their purpose and that everything that they need will be set before them. Lord, um, just help them to trust in you always. Help them to um, look at people around them through your eyes and help them to call out the destiny that that they see in them and to just um, be helping them in a practical way of just simply asking, what are your dreams? Or let's sit down and, and write out smart goals just goals to help you get um, to that a little bit closer to the dream that you're holding in your heart, God. And I just pray um, for husbands and wives. I pray yeah. for um, just the truth of, of the oneness of coming together with this spouse, God, that there is um, a whole nother purpose and a plan and that that is yeah. why you've called two people together to be in one flesh. And so, Lord, help them to know that there are dreams that they're holding that aren't ready until they're married. Mm -hmm. And so help them to know, Lord, that that is okay and that that they can hold that close and know that it will come to pass in time. And, and Lord, we just love you and we thank you that you are a good God. Cheers. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for being here.